Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So who deserves the MVP? Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff, well, us two. But besides that, we're talking about the NFL. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you on this Football Friday. So Kyle Shanahan yesterday was asked whether Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey are the MVP Mm. in his opinion. Here is what Kyle Shanahan said. This is how he answered it. Trying to get me in trouble with those two guys? Um, That's the only reason I wouldn't overly comment on either one of them because I don't want them to cancel each other out. Um, But if any non-quarterback is going to get an MVP, I don't get how Christian McCaffrey can't. I mean, he's amazing in what he's done all year. If it's going to a quarterback, then I don't have to talk about Christian. I can talk about our quarterback and... um, I'm still, if his numbers is all you see, then I think that solves it up. But if you watch the film, um, then it makes it even stronger, which to me is the most important thing. Okay, this is why MVP sucks right now, because it is just a quarterback award, and that's such a disservice, I think, not just to the other great offensive skill players, but to the league as a whole. Because, you know, to me, Brock Purdy, for as great as he is and, you know, for as good as a season he's having and the story is remarkable, but he's not the MVP, okay? This mm. is someone who is great on the 49ers, right? Someone who is good at getting the ball to those multitude of weapons where it goes six down on the depth chart with how many guys can beat you on the 49ers. That's not MVP to me. That's point guard to me. Christian McCaffrey is the best of those weapons. He's the one who's the most versatile. He's the one who, Mm. no matter what's happening in the game, you can always go back to McCaffrey as your North Star. To me, he's the MVP, not Purdy. First of all, I think Debo Samuel's as versatile. He's the definition of versatile. McCaffrey, you're right, is also very versatile, but everybody there is versatile. I think you're way underestimating what Brock Purdy does. I think those little short passes he throws and then it becomes a giant run. There's so much more skill in that. He throws a perfect short pass. You give him a little bit of a pocket and he's going to kill you. He's also moved around a lot with his legs this year, way more than before. I don't know how he's so healthy, but I mean, he's bouncing off guys and he's not a huge dude by any means. So I think Purdy is, is underrated for how good he's playing. And Also, I do think he has a great chance to actually win the MVP. I don't think McCaffrey does. Okay, well, in real life, I don't think McCaffrey does because the voting system is totally whack and not right. But here's the thing, though. What did you just say? Like, Purdy is really good at what? He does have some explosive passes. Sure, I'll give you that. But he's good at getting the ball to the right person, and that person does all the work. That's why they call themselves the Yak Brothers. That's not, like a ringing endorsement of of Purdy. They're not doing that on purpose, obviously. Debo, Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, McCaffrey. But they're saying it without saying it, which is being able to throw timing routes in the NFL, that's like par for the court. You should be able to do that. The guys who can't throw timing routes, we find, like, don't um, progress in the NFL because you've got to be able to throw timing routes. 
Josh Allen. Uh, he, really? Josh Allen doesn't do it, and it bothers me. He 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 probably could not do well at San Francisco. Do you think? And by the way, this I love the, Lamar Jackson. Is he throwing timing rounds? He's throwing more now. I mean, hold the ball a little. <laughs> He's bit. He's spending a year and a half it. in that pocket looking for a big play. But those this, but those two guys you just mentioned are at being asked Jalen to do Hurts? almost everything for their team in offense. We're talking about this. Jalen Hurts. He's also an MVP. You think he's throwing timing rounds? No. But we're talking about San Francisco. Let's keep yeah. it on that. We're talking yeah, I'm about saying who that's deserves way the MVP. harder to do than I think you're giving him credit for. I think it's really hard to be pinpoint accurate underneath. I mean, there's very. I don't think there's very few guys who could do this. I, okay, maybe, it's harder maybe to two do, or three in the NFL. It's harder to do that than to break three tackles and take it to the house. Yeah, I think in a way you can rely on athleticism where the the art of quarterbacking, I'm sorry, Josh Allen has not really mastered that. I think <laughs> the art of quarterbacking, Brock Purdy is a more. Yeah, I so think, now we're giving it to the art of the quarterback. Yes, I mean, because that's what you want. Yeah, I, I think, What about the person who's doing the dirty work and actually getting the yards, moving the chains? Well, the problem is a lot of times you run into trouble with that. You know, when Josh Allen is trying to make every play, he's playing hero ball, and he's going to throw an interception that is going to give the Cowboys a win on Sunday, and it's really annoying me. It's possible. But Uh, but I'm saying about McCaffrey, like that he's the guy who is taking taking the ball out of the backfield. He's not, though. He's catching screen passes. He's running routes. I mean, he does everything. Like, if this wasn't so tilted for quarterbacks, I don't think if, if this was we could take a time machine back to when guys like Sean Alexander and Adrian Peterson actually won this award. I think everyone would be looking at McCaffrey and being like, hmm, what's different about McCaffrey? No running backs getting paid, but he's getting paid. No running backs getting traded for second round picks, but he's getting traded for. Hmm. He's leading the uh, all NFL running backs in yards rushing. He's leading all running backs in yards receiving. I mean, he's right there. He's right in front of Tyreek Hill in yeah. terms of all-purpose yards. And no one has a problem saying Tyreek Hill should be an MVP candidate. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge difference between Adrian Peterson and Christian McCaffrey, though. Adrian Peterson was breaking four tackles and going 85 yards. Christian McCaffrey is running through a hole that is nine yards wide. Because Trent Williams has just blown off two defenders. It's a way different thing than those guys. I mean, Adrian Peterson single-handedly took the Vikings to the playoffs. There was no quarterback. There were no receivers. It was him. Yeah, but they and had a good it. offensive line. Adrian Peter, I nobody remembers any offensive line that was in front of Adrian Peterson because it was I'm going to hit you, run over you, and keep running. That was Adrian Peterson style. McCaffrey is a much shiftier guy. He's also pretty tough. I will give you he breaks tackles, but he does not look at all like Adrian Peterson. No, but Adrian he's not, Peterson he's a, but, was an no, eighty no. yard touchdown run waiting to happen with nobody around. There was nobody on that team except him. Okay, but I'm saying like if I could take a time machine back to when running backs could actually win this award, like if we were still yeah, in McCaff- if you put the McCaffrey, Marshall Falks and stuff like that, guys who actually could right. win this award, I think McCaffrey probably would have had one already. It's just yeah. now we're so caught up in quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It's like everyone's blind to the fact that there's other people making plays. And the 49ers are the perfect example of how other guys are picking up the quarterback, not the other way around. So why you would give Purdy the MVP of all people is crazy to me. Yeah, except he's playing the best quarterback in the NFL. And besides, if you're going to give it to a non-quarterback, to not give it to Tyreek Hill, if Hill is healthy enough to play the rest of the year, it's just weird. Purdy's I mean, got more yards than him. Uh, you mean McCaffrey? I, I'm sorry, uh, McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah, but Tyreek Hill is the most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL. There's no doubt. I mean, nobody else runs behind safeties like that. Tyreek Hill is an irreplaceable weapon. McCaffrey, you could throw 50 people into that spot. See, I don't think so, because I think if you could throw 50 people into that spot, they would have still had Raheem Mostert, or they still would have you know, rolled the dice with them. If you say Kyle Shanahan's system, anyone can do this, right? 
any athlete or any half-decent athlete can have this type of success, then why did they go after McCaffrey? They knew they needed his type of versatility. But, but if he is so valuable, why was Carolina so crappy? They're idiots. The Carolina Panthers are the one of the worst-run organizations in the entire league. To take anything they do and apply it to the rest of the league is nonsense. But Pearl, to Pearl's point, though, Adrian Peterson was at the Vikings. That's not necessarily the New England Patriots or one of these great organizations, and he had them in the playoffs. He was with Tavares Jackson, and he was taking him to the playoffs. And, uh, and he had 200 Ponder. yards as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean 2,000 yards. Right. That was Exactly. And that they was weren't dumb season. enough to trade him. Like, that's what I'm saying. You you can't put McCaffrey's value because the Carolina Panthers decide to get rid of him. They don't know their you-know-what from their elbow over there. But it's not about them getting rid of him. It's about the fact that they had no success with him. It, essentially, it really, that team turned when Cam Newton got old. Okay, but here's the thing. Look at the splits for when he played versus didn't play. Like, it, they were a wildly different team. Yeah. Hell, Sam Darnold looked good when they had Christian McCaffrey was healthy and still in Carolina. And Sam Darnold can't beat Brock Purdy out right now for that job. Let me but ask McCaffrey you this. makes everybody look better. Let me ask you this, Maggie. Yeah. If you're the Cowboys or the Eagles, and you can take one player off the offense in that playoff game, who are you taking off? McCaffrey. You're a nut job then. Because, I think I think oh Josh Johnson could have won that game against your Eagles last year. <laughs> okay, he was playing fine until he got hurt, like almost immediately. Also, I mean, <laughs> just the fact that Mostert had 200 yards in a key playoff game. I mean, this system is is tailor made for running backs. Then why didn't they because stay Mostert, with Mostert? Mostert got injured and in all. Mostert's okay. Then why did 32. they? Then why don't they have Isaiah Pacheco? Why I mean, didn't they, they did, go to a they seventh did for, rounder? They did for years. They gave up a second round pick for McCaffrey. It's not like they mortgaged their entire future for this guy, dude. And, and took mainly, all his salary. Mainly because he's a good receiver too. If he was just a straight runner, they never even would have done that. Ex- making my point. The Versatility. Good, good. His ability to like think. Look at what happens when it, when Brock Purdy throws an interception, or which is rare, but when he like throws a bad like a bad pass or whatever. Watch what the 49ers do right after. They give it to McCaffrey on like three straight plays. He's yeah. the North Star. He's the compass for them on offense. But if McCaffrey was out in the playoffs, which by the way is very easy to imagine because well, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. I don't think anyone wants to see the Niners. You just throw in Elijah Mitchell there and you still have and also you have Debo. He's the secret running back weapon. Whatever they need a tough yard, it's not McCaffrey, it's Debo. It's both. I mean, listen, they looked bad when Debo didn't play in those three games, that but that was Trent them. that was Trent Williams also. And so the left tackle is probably the MVP, but if they're not giving it to running backs, they're not giving Isn't it. Isn't it funny too that we're not even talking about the fact that they have an all time defense. They have two Hall of Famers on their defense yeah, leading the way too. and great players everywhere. They've been had a lot of injuries on defense, but they don't even need them. Yeah, it, it's so funny. Okay. Regardless of the MVP thing, there might be Nine, ten, eight, nine, ten Hall of Famers on this team. Teams like that always win the Super Bowl. I feel like the, this is a Niners year. I feel, feel like I feel really nervous. The fact that we're debating two players on, on the, the team, for, the, team. for MVP yeah. and having a legitimate, bona fide debate about this says to me the NFC is in trouble. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. love my Eagles, yeah. but oh man. I do not know how you're going to slow this team down. Yeah, when you zoom out a little bit, I think what we're generally saying is that nobody wants to face the 49ers, and rightfully so. I mean, we even talked about Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. I mean, geez, Louise, can you just slow down on the talent? I told you they lost Hufanga, and everyone's like, uh-oh, this could be it. I'm like, is nothing's it. Like, nothing's ever, not one injury is never it for the 49ers. Um, okay, let's get to our Maggie and Perloff picks. <laughs> Man, we're there already? Oh. Yeah, because you have jury duty. Can I just say that I got robbed last week? Can I explain the situation with you? Oh, is this about, are you about to go Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, no. blame the refs? So I took the Jags. When I got them, they were minus three. 
And the Jags come down at the last second to make a game much closer. It's 31-27. They decide to go for two to make it 31-29 because they don't want to go to overtime against the Browns. Of course, they get sacked on their two-point conversion. So if they just kick the extra point, at least I get a push. Listen, thank your love. You love analytics. This is this is the classic play. Did, no, no, no. But it wasn't a classic play. This nobody, is what Mike Vrabel did nobody, on Monday night and played it perfectly. Everyone said, Doug Peterson, what are you doing? This is not the classic play. They had this amazing comeback. All the momentum was in their favor. All they had to do was tie the game, and they would have won that game. They had stormed back and figured out Joe Fly. Anyway, regardless. <laughs> and Doug Peterson, by the way, is wonky. Then the other one was I got Austin Eckler under We're a rushing still total. Still on you? Okay. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, listen to this one. This is painful. This is betters will relate to this. <laughs> okay. Under forty nine rushing yards or something like that. He's got forty eight yards. They're at the three yard line on their last drive. Austin Eckler out in the flat. Easton Stick overthrows him for an easy touchdown. So the next play, they hand it to him. He runs three yards in. Boom. Over. I lost <laughs> my bet. One and two. Ouch. Betting is brutal. It is. Am I going first? Gosh darn you're, it. You're better at it this year than me. Perloff is 22 and 20. I am 19 and 23. Rough, rough season for your girl. So this is how we do it. One game against the spread, one over under, one player prop. So would you like me to go first? We can switch it up a little why bit. Why did you want. go first? Because I I'm choosing between two games that I love. Go okay. ahead. So this is a, a tough one for me to justify. Maybe this is why my picks absolutely stink this year. But I think you got to go with desperate teams in weeks like this, especially when you're betting. I do think that plays into it. There are no team, two teams that are more desperate right now than the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts, right? <laughs> These are two teams that are right there in for, for playoffs. And But both teams are desperate. So I, now, where are you going? I'm taking the over. Oh, I'm okay, doing my okay, over okay, okay, first okay. here, and I'm going over 42 and a half. Now, this might be the dumbest bet I ever make because I am betting on Mitchell Trubisky and maybe a concussed Gardner Minshew. So I don't feel excellent about that. But I just feel like both teams, especially the Steelers, you have to, this has to be the kitchen sink game. This is You have to do everything in this game because you just lost to two two-win teams in the span of five days. So give me Steelers at Indy over 42.5. That's my first pick. Oh, man. You've got me actually hyped for this game all of a sudden. <laughs> you liked it Saturday earlier in the show? Yeah. Steelers, Colts, classic. Uh, okay. I've been re- This stupid weather report lies, by the way. Yeah, they As lie. a sad dad, <laughs> earlier in the week they were saying Cleveland was going to be basically a monsoon. But now the weather's cleared up, but I'd already set my mind on the under 38.5. Browns, Bears. This is a bet against Joe Flacco and the fact that Matt Eberflus has been dialing up some good defense lately. Uh, I'm going under on that one. Justin Fields rightfully makes me a little nervous, playing very well. I like the Bears as a story, but I'll go on the under. Okay. Uh, Next, let's go against the spread here. Give me the Denver Broncos plus four and a half at Detroit. Two teams kind of feel like they're going in opposite directions here. Detroit's got to get some things figured out, but how do you change your D? Like, how do... How do you get a better defense at this point in the season? Even if you shore up a little bit, you're still going to allow a lot of points. And Denver's offense, I mean, every week it's a cool Cortland Sutton touchdown reception. In a dome, love this for Russell Wilson. Give me Denver plus the four and a half. Okay, love it. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. As a longtime Jordan Love enthusiast, mm-hmm. this is where Jordan Love figures it out at home against the Bucks. Minus three and a half. The number's a bit bigger than I would prefer. But this is both a Jordan Love endorsement 
and a I can't believe the Bucks are good statement as well. Maybe they are, yeah. but I think Green Bay is in a good position here. The Bucks have been on the road a lot lately, maybe a little bit tired. Uh, had a big emotional win last week. I'm going Packers minus three and a half. Yeah, that's good. I just... I don't know. That 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 one, I saw that. I was like, ah, I, I just don't know what the Packers are. I have no idea. Um, okay, finally, player prop here. And again, I like teams that are desperate, okay? So when I like desperate teams, I'm looking at a team like the LA Rams, who are now in a playoff push, who are going to be playing a team that is not desperate at all in the Washington Commanders. <laughs> Commanders on the road in LA, give me Puka Nakua over five and a half receptions yes. in this game. Because again, I think Washington Commanders are a little one, two, three Cancun right now. And I think right. for the Rams, this is everything's kind of a must win for them, right? Because there's no they have yep. no shot at the division. And you're right there, and the Seahawks are kind of cratering a little bit. So you have a you have a chance right now. So give me Puka Nakua over five and a half receptions. I love Puka Nakua probably more than I love any NFL player. He is yeah. awesome. Give me a healthy Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua and Matthew Stafford again next year. Build a team around them somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I root for him already anyway. Okay, I'm going against one of your bets. Bring it on. I trust that Mike Tomlin's going to have his defense firing on all cylinders against the Colts. I'm going under one and a half touchdowns for Gardner Minshew with a little bit of caveat that if the Colts are going to win, they're going to want to win on the ground in this game. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily saying that they don't score any points. But I just do not see Gardner Minshew lighting it up. He'll probably get one chippy to Mo Alley-Cox. Is he still there? Uh, (laughs) I love him. I can't remember which AFC South team he's on. But I'm going under one and a half touchdowns on Gardner Minshew. That doesn't mean the Colts can't win the game or that it's going to go under in total. But I do not see any aerial attack against the Steelers because you're going to be smart uh, if T.J. Watt is playing and you're going to want to control the game. Okay, so let's recap it for you. Uh, I have Pitt and Indy. I'm going over 42 and a half. Might regret that one. I have Denver at Detroit. Give me the Broncos plus the four and a half. And I have Puka Nakua over five and a half receptions. Okay, I have Bears and Browns under 38 and a half. I have the Packers minus three and a half. It was minus three, by the way, all week. That kills me. And then I have Gardner Minshew under one and a half touchdown passes. Okay, can we, can I offer you a side bet? Please. You can lower the music. This one's side bet because I know you've been calling for one thing all week. You've been calling for Andy Reid to bench Kadarius Tony. Okay. After lining up in the neutral yes. zone, you're like, he can't be a part of the offense. Yeah. You got to bench him. Okay. Have him punt return, but you do okay. not put him in the offense. Okay. I looked it up. This was on Pro Football Focus uh, on their site. They have they have player props and stuff on there. And I believe, I want to double check it with DraftKings, but the over-under for Kadarius Tony receptions what, is one, one and a half. Yeah. So he usually gets, he's been at a pace of zero or one until last week he exploded against the Bills with three. I will take the over on that. Okay, well, I'm well, assuming you want the under. I want what are over the odds? one and a half. Are there odds? Because I, usually the, this might be juice. Mm, I don't think it's juice very much. I think it's minus 110, something like that. Okay. So nothing crazy. Yeah, I'll do the under. You're going to do the under, I'll do the over. Because I think they're going to make a point yeah. to go to Tony. And first of all, they're playing against Bill Belichick. The Patriots aren't very good, but what does Belichick do? He takes away the one thing you do well, right? So I imagine Kelsey yeah. is going to be the focal point. 
So they're going to have to spread it around a little bit. And I think they want to make a statement like, hey, Kadarius, Tony, we have your back. I don't know why, but we're, we're going to need you or something. I think they're going to force feed a couple one, a couple to Tony. Okay. I like. Yeah, they might give him a screen pass to give him confidence. I'm That's pretty you. good. That being said, it's supposed to be a disaster of a weather game too. Kansas City, New England. So I'm hoping there's not a lot of passing. I, I actually, I don't feel great about this because you're right. They might give him a, a chippy just to get him going. That's one. Well, that's one, but it's one and one. a half. And I'm yes. taking the over. Uh, side right. bet me. I'll side bet you. Side bet me for breakfast? Okay. By the way, did you guys get breakfast yesterday? Yeah, we did. Yes, you're, we did. you're good. Thank you for breakfast. You're, I know. You're I never Venmo to anybody. Oh, you have oh. to Venmo EJ. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that money, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Money, not please. to do a production meeting on air, but I, what do you mean? I'm good. Thank you, Maggie. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I, yeah. Sorry, oh. EJ. I'm good. <laughs> first he was going to Venmo me, but then I was like, oh, I'll just Venmo EJ. Busy. Maggie was too busy to order breakfast yes. at the time. Yeah. We should meanwhile, let people know how the sausage is made. I ordered breakfast, brought up Bane the Butcher, ran down, had to get the food, come back up. The <laughs> elevator situation. Yeah, you worked up an appetite. All the days work. I know the elevator. I've been late for jury duty because this elevator won't let me down. <laughs> this is the most business surreal. What is just a sentence? You know, I had to go grab Benny the butcher, and then the elevator was slow, and I couldn't get breakfast. A lot going on in this this place. I know it's tough. They're really tough around here. Eight five five two one two four CBS. All right, those are our picks. You also have the McCaffrey Purdy MVP conversation. I say it's McCaffrey as MVP. Perloff says it's Purdy. 855-212-4CBS. Okay, including, uh, got a lot more to do with you, including the biggest fallout from last night's blowout Thursday night football game. Nothing to do with any of the players on the field. We'll tell you more about that next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Carlos, what song is that? I don't know that one. Jury Duty? It's literally called Jury Duty by (laughs) OC Supertones. What year are we talking uh, this I I can, can tell I you guess? right now just it's two thousands. Yeah, no, I was gonna say this sounds somewhere between nineteen ninety nine and two thousand and four. This is middle school for me. Everything kind of sounds like Blink One Eighty Two. So I just want to be clear. I don't just have jury duty. I have grand jury duty. Well, I can't well, find well. a song called Grand Jury Duty. Right? <laughs> yeah, jury duty. Any idiot can go to jury duty and lie, get out of it in two days. You could basically say, I'm here to overthrow the government. They'd be like, great. So you'll be here for four weeks. They do not care. It's the worst situation. Sorry, I am not allowed to talk about it. Just say I hate it. I mean, you say that, but I, when I told my girlfriend that you were in jury duty, she recently had the normal jury duty for idiots according to Perloff yeah. and she was like well look in one of my things someone said literally I'm racist and they still put her on a jury no, in New York City you can't get out of a jury there's nothing you can say they've heard that one before yeah they flat out tell you, don't say that you're racist don't say that you discriminate because you're just going to sound like an idiot you're going to go through yeah <laughs> but I got out of it when I said I can't keep a secret they, they you, let me go they, you wouldn't even get you wouldn't even get to the interview stage of this. Nobody was interviewed for my grand jury. They don't ask you anything. They're, you have this thing where the lawyer in regular jury, the lawyer comes up to you and asks you some questions about who you are. Grand jury, if you have a pulse, you're on. <laughs> That's really uh, you know reassuring about the justice system. Um, okay, last night massive blowout. 
Chargers get totally embarrassed. Probably only a matter of time until Brandon Staley is fired. I think he should be fired after last night because even if it's meaningless, like at some point you have to you have to send a message that the standard's a standard. You cannot quit on the season, which is exactly what the Chargers did last night. That's an indictment. So whether it matters, quote unquote, to the bottom line of the Chargers season, you have to do sometimes window dressing is is important for organizations. And not, the team didn't show up, you gotta fire the coach. Uh I disagree in the sense that it's not important. It, there's no impact. We won't even talk we might talk about it because we do a sports talk radio show if Brandon Staley gets fired, but by the water cooler, we won't even mention it. It's such a fait accompli right now. What's the difference if they do it now or three weeks? It's not going to help anything for next year. Leads to the conversation, though, about the Chargers when they this job eventually does open up. And I wouldn't be surprised if the general manager job opens up as well. Let's be real. Is this a good job? And is it the best job of what we believe are mm. going to be the available openings this offseason? I mean, I yeah, yes. probably it is the best job, but it ain't what it – I do not think it is what people think it is. You know, yeah, you have a bunch of stars around – those are very expensive stars. You're not bringing back this 2018 Pro Bowl team that you have. There's, I don't think Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James go down the list. I'm not sure all those people are going to be back for this team. I think they have to start over at some point. I still believe this is the best roster because how often do you get a team where the coaching job becomes available when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert? Listen, I've nitpicked on Justin Herbert about end-of-game stuff and him not being able to get the job done, but come on. I mean, I'm not blind. I see that he has all the talent in the world, and he's got the great demeanor for it. Like, this is what I love, why I love Belichick there. I love Belichick getting through to veterans who he can coach hard because they're going to appreciate his resume, right? And they're good. They, the older guys are the ones who are going to remember Belichick's, like, real heyday. Like when he's really feared, like you get off the bus and you feel like, you know, they get off the bus and you feel like they're already up seven, nothing because they're the Patriots. Those older guys are going to remember it and it will work on them. I think. And Herbert to me is the perfect quarterback for Belichick because he's humble. Like Brady always was great at getting called out in film sessions and not taking it personally, I guess until the end and being able to, to, to take the criticism. Cause like if Belichick can criticize Brady, who am I? Right? Like, of course he could, criticize me. I think Herbert's like that. He yeah, would take it. I honestly I think maybe if Matty Bufus gets fired in Chicago and comes to the Chargers, that might be a less exciting option for Justin Herbert, but that's about it. I mean, you can suck the fun out of one of the great quarterbacks in the league by bringing Bill Belichick. I hope not. It's going to take five years to get Bill Belichick guys. There's no Matthew Slater's on the Chargers. They do everything wrong. There's no Belichick guys on that roster. Young, you know, hungry, going to do the right thing. This is a top-heavy roster. It's old. It's slow. And if you let Belichick bring his players, they're terrible. I think this is as like all last stops in NFL careers is going to be a bad one. And listen, the chart a better opening then. There is a bad. I, I don't know if there's a better opening. I don't. I think Belichick's going to fail in his next step. I don't think it matters if it's Chicago. Um, if even well, maybe Buffalo if that opens up, which it probably won't. You're saying now. Did they say they were going to bring back McDermott? I don't know. Because that's Josh Allen. I, what are the other openings? Uh, the Raiders. That's a very bad situation because of the ownership group. Uh, who, who, Could be the Bucks. The Bucks. I'm telling you, these are Man. not great options. You have yeah. Justin Herbert. I'm giving you good stuff here. I mean, listen, it depends on your age. If you're a young guy, you probably would want Chicago just to get Caleb Williams in the building. That would be more attractive than the Chargers, I would think. Uh, if you're Ben, you know, I think there's some coaches who'd be very interested in that. 
But then, I don't know, the, the reason there are coaching vacancies is because the teams are flawed. And I think this Chargers roster is way more flawed than people think. Brandon Staley's a terrible coach. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's not like uh, Belichick is looking at a perfect team right here, and all of a sudden, he's going to recreate Tom Brady's Patriots. There's not a lot of Patriot-like players there. No, well, but you Justin, saw it last night. Justin, Ter- Justin Herbert, I mean, like probably is more talent, maybe, even... And Brady. Brady's obviously the best and the biggest winner and all that. But if you're just going on like raw skills, like Herbert's got potentially oh, yeah. has it all. You know, I think even Brady would say that. Uh, Peter Schwartz is here. He's got headlines. Good morning. You were supposed to do some homework for me. I got it for you. Why don't you do some headlines and Let's then I'll that. tell you we'll what interact. I got for you. We'll interact momentarily. Let's begin <laughs> yes, with the Thursday will. night football game. A record-setting offensive explosion from the Raiders. On second and goal from the four, O'Connell will swing it to Myers. Myers will throw again into the end zone. It's caught! Devontae Adams with the touchdown! Jacoby Myers' second pass of the night and his third career touchdown pass. And the Raiders have a 48-0 lead. That was Kevin Kugler on Westwood One. Raiders pound the Chargers 63-21. Head coach Antonio Pierce looked on as his team set a single-game franchise scoring record. Well, we knew it at halftime what the record was. Um, I was made aware of it. And um, we were going to be aggressive regardless what the score was if we only had 21. Our 10, we were going to be aggressive. That was our mindset. I talked to our team about it last week, playing better in the second half. I thought we did. This one was playing, you know, full second half and not letting off on the gas pedal. And, and you know, hats off to them because that was their mindset. And they were leading 42 nothing at halftime, and then they kept their foot on the gas. Yeah, running trick plays in the third quarter when you're up a jillion. Yeah, and making the Charger announcer sad in the same, yeah. <laughs> same way. Aiden O'Connell threw four touchdown passes, said, it was a team effort offensively. It was a great job by, by everybody involved, especially the offensive line. They, you know, fought their butts off. Again, they we score points like that. They're not the ones scoring touchdowns. They're just doing the dirty work. So um, super proud. We had obviously some new guys in there as well. Um, so re- really, you know, they, they really led the way tonight. And if you happen to see Chargers head coach Brandon Staley today, please give him a hug because nothing worked last night. We just didn't have a good game tonight. We didn't have it uh, from the beginning to the end. Uh, just one of those games where nothing went right for us. And, um, you know, we got a good group of guys, but it was just one of those games where all three phases, you know, the worst thing happened to us tonight. And the Chargers play the Bills next week. We don't know yet if he'll be the head coach at that point. We I mean, Maggie, know. you are always cynical about every Bills game. You cannot possibly, <laughs> you can't possibly be nervous about Easton Stick and the Chargers. There's, if you are that, then I'll know that there's no opponent that you will feel comfortable against. <laughs> no, I just, I don't want them to. If they fire Staley, get a new coach bump, but that's new just coach I'm bump. Paranoid. And unless Paul Brown is coming out of the grave <laughs> to coach, there's no new coach bump here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I think you always have to be worried. Yeah. No, you do not. Do you yeah. do not? Absolutely. No, I'm, you, I'm with Perloff. There's no reason to be worried about this loser Charger team. The only thing is that it's on the road, so it's in LA. I don't know. I'm, we're, who cares? Let's get through this week first. <laughs> Bill's got a big game against Dallas Cowboys, guys. Oh, yeah, that, oh yeah, yeah, that team. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. A small team you may have heard of. What if they beat the Cowboys and lost to the Chargers? Oh, don't be say so stuff funny. like that. So that could happen. <laughs> funny. That could happen. That technically, technically could happen. It's yeah. not going to happen. Maggie's getting very upset. No, I just I don't want to. I'm la, 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 fingers in the ears. I don't want to hear it. Uh, now to baseball, Dodgers formally introduced Shohei Otani at a press conference at Dodger Stadium yesterday. He's happy to be wearing Dodger blue. To play here and believing me as a baseball player, and especially uh, these five guys that I'm about to mention, um, starts with Mark Walter, Andrew Friedman, 
Stan Kasten, Brandon Gomes, and Dave Roberts. And that was Otani through an interpreter. He signed a 10-year deal worth $700 million. Okay, so here's the thing, right? This is how you can tell it's the interpreter. First of all, Otani doesn't do interviews in English, but you'd think if you just signed $700 million, you'd sound a little perkier. Yeah. You know, this guy <laughs> has no juice whatsoever. It's like, did he just roll out of bed? Meanwhile, Otani's up there, and when you actually hear the him in Japanese, it's energetic. He sounds very happy because why wouldn't you yeah. be? And the the interpreter's probably getting paid 20 bucks an hour. It's just like, well, I'm whatever. Gonna say, I'm going to say the interpreter sounds like he just found out he's getting <laughs> nothing of that $700 million. Not he a thing. No cut. Uh, nothing. But not not now, not in the year 2035, <laughs> not in the year 2045. No percentage. <laughs> but do you think now that he's got the big deal, he can get better uh, lessons to learn English? Oh. I think he already knows English. He, See, I, I think the, all these guys do it. Yeah, so, of do course. Too. It's I an mean, act. Yeah, you're wearing a Yankee sweatshirt here. Masahiro Tanaka definitely knew English. Yes, and so I think Matsui. Funny thing about, really quick about Matsui. I was working for another radio station years ago. We were doing this promotion. We were giving out Bruce Springsteen tickets. And they had me, as the station's reporter, go to various sports games and venues and press conferences. And they wanted me to get famous celebrities, athletes, whatever, to tell me who their fit what their favorite Bruce Springsteen song is. Yeah. So I'm at a Yankees game, and I ask around people in the Yankee organization, who do you know on the team that's a big Bruce Springsteen fan? They said Hideki Matsui. Wow. Go talk to him. He doesn't speak English, though. So I go to the interpreter. The interpreter then asks him. He's willing to do it. The interpreter wrote out what Matsui had to say in Japanese, but in English. In other words, he was he was saying it in English, but he was reading, reading it in Japanese. in Japanese. And I'm like... He knows exactly it's when I was telling the interpreter what I needed. He Matsui was nodding. He was smiling. It's absolutely yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. So what did he say? Uh, he said born to run. What a cliche. Well, I mean, I expect more out is, of Matsui. That is so <laughs> predictable. You want a Matsui to do deep cuts on Bruce Springsteen? Of course. Yeah. If yeah. you're a real Dark fan. is on the edge of town, something. <laughs> Be broody Hideki Matsui. <laughs> was born in the USA not available to him? Well, yeah. I guess that wouldn't make sense. That make sense for him. I'm right. getting yelled at by the baseball people in this building because I said that the Dodgers lineup is easy to solve. Uh, and they said, you don't know what you're talking about. But look at this. They go, Mookie, Shohei, Freddie Freeman. And then it falls off like a cliff. Will Smith, Max Muncy, Jason all-star, Hayward. All-star, all-star. Yeah, these guys former are good. All-star. <laughs> Jason Hayward. I could strike out Dude, Jason Hayward. Could, I, as a Cubs fan, we couldn't get way to get rid of Hayward. <laughs> Will, Please. Will Smith's like a 260 hitter. Like that is All-star a, last year. He can't go on bad average. Yeah. Bad averages. But he's absolutely. a catcher. He Will Smith, is, you're telling me you're not. If I'm pitching the Dodgers, I'm walking Mookie, I'm walking Shohei, and I'm walking Freddie Freeman, and then let the rest of the lineup beat me. Okay, so you have bases loaded, nobody out. Go, go <laughs> yeah, but Will, right where you want him. I'm not scared of the rest of the lineup. This is, they are way too, watch, watch the strategy. You do not want to pitch a Mookie, and you don't want to pitch a Shohei. In fact, I, I'm fine pitching a Freeman, who's awesome. Oof. But but I tell you, Shohei, Shohei, you avoid. He That dude will crush anything anywhere near the plate. But I, that's a problem with baseball. You can pay $700 million or whatever. One guy can only make so much impact, unlike Christian McCaffrey in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the hill I will die on. Let's, uh, let's turn our attention to the NBA. We'll start in Denver. Peyton Watson has it on the high left side. Dribble handoff over to Hunter Tyson. Top of the key, Pickett. Pickett gets a pick from Najee. Moves off of that, peels off to the high right side. Back over to Najee for three. Money! 124 to 101, 23-point lead for Denver. Difference between game and shot clock. Is 13 seconds. Jason Kosmicki, Nuggets Radio. Nuggets over the Nets, 124-101. Nikola Jokic with a triple-double, 26 points, 15 rebounds, and 10 assists. Also last night, James Harden had a big night, 
28 points, 15 assists, 7 rebounds. Clippers over the Warriors, 121-113. College football. Alabama has reportedly hired former Michigan assistant George Hilo ahead of their semifinal college football playoff matchup against Michigan. Hilo was Michigan's linebackers coach in 2021 and 2022. So a little gamesmanship going on here. Old school. Love it. You know, you hire the guy who worked for the coach you're going to play against. And the interesting tidbit is that the linebacker coach who that guy was replaced by, it was Chris Partridge or Patridge, who was the fall guy for the Connor Stallions, besides Connor, that is, the other fall guy who got fired by Michigan over the sign-stealing scandal. Uh, okay, quickly, Peter, we don't have a lot of time here, but mm-hmm. I'm going to give you, would you like the the three things you should ask for between now and whenever you're going to get this marshmallow fluff Eight put all over Eastern your body? 8 o'clock Eastern time tonight. Okay, you are refusing to wear a singlet, yet you're saying yes to putting marshmallow fluff all over you. Yes. To be Schwartzy the snowman. Yeah. Okay. Wait, you what sh- What are you wearing? Uh, t-shirt and shorts. All right. You're, you're so close. You're right there. Okay. This is what I would do if I were you and just go right back over to Boomer and Geo. And this is this is the way you got to negotiate. Say, I'll wear the singlet, but I want one thing to happen. And I'm going to give you a couple options and you tell me which one you like. Okay. Okay. Number one, you'd like Boomer Esiason, former MVP of the NFL, to call Rutgers head coach Greg Schiano on behalf of your son to get him a meet and greet one-on-one with your son, who's the long snapper, who's yep. looking for a Division One scholarship. Yep. Schiano just signed an extension; he's not going anywhere. You would like you would like Boomer to make an introduction between your son Bradley, right? Yes. And Greg Schiano. That'd be that's one option. I'm liking that so far. Yes. Okay. Number two, you get a meet. You're asking for a meet and greet with Aaron Judge and a signed bat. And you wear the singlet. They can make that happen over there. Don't don't let them tell yeah. you they can't. Okay. And number three of your option on this buffet platter of things you could try <laughs> to negotiate for yourself, you get to drive the Zamboni at an Islander game. Wow. See, those are three really good things. Three really good things. Just pick one and say, I'll wear the singlet if I get one of these things. And you can uh, thank me later. Wow. Those are three really good things to think about. You're welcome. So what are you going to do? Oh, wait, I have does to, he have I, to make a choice? I have right to think now. about it. They have 18 minutes before they go off the I air. Know, I was but, actually... But we got I, 30 seconds before we got to go to break. I would I would take the meet and greet for my son. Boom. There you with go. With Shiano, because I would, I would not be selfish in that situation. Isn't that nice? He gets yeah. to meet Shiano. You get to make a good impression. Maybe yeah, but... I mean, See, Boomer might turn that around, though, and say he'll introduce him to the Maryland coach. Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you get... Oh, do you want to go to Maryland? a little higher than Rutgers. Why? But Rutgers is a bowl game. They're well, bowl both eligible. Big yeah, they're playing at Yankee Stadium I mean, in a couple of weeks. Going to the game. Football, Rutgers, come on, people. No, but then don't Peter also gets to watch them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't sell me, you New York people, Rutgers football. Come on, let's get them to a real program. Maryland's Boomer's a got, big power. Boomer's got connections everywhere. Maybe. I, I, I need Bradley to get to a college where he's going to get a great education and have a chance to play. Okay, both of those schools, maybe. Yeah. But I, I listen. You, you're hometown kid. Look at Tommy DeVito. This is everyone loves yeah. a hometown dude on the roster. Bradley, 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 speaking, speaking of Tommy DeVito, I think we have the new best agent in New York area, Maggie Gray. You're welcome. Forget about Tommy Cutler's agent. Look at what Maggie's negotiating right now. How is great? Because I might be able to he get. He just him. made the high honor roll in school. Okay, what's his SAT? Because I can get him a Dartmouth uh, look if you want. <laughs> it's four digits. I'm not exactly. Sure, what the number was exactly? Which four digits? <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, was def- it definitely started with a one. It definitely started with Truth a one. Is, I could never get him in an interview. Mine did not. Bradley's did. 
I'm, which one are you going to pick? You I think we got to get Bradley into a Division One school. The meet and greet with Shiano. Yeah, you know he kills him not to pick the Zamboni, by the way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Here's the other thing why I'd pick Rutgers or Maryland. Maryland's cycling through coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Promises there. I don't know what they mean. Not crazy about Mike Loxley. Shiano's retired that program. Bradley went to the Rutgers prospect camp in June and got to work out in front of their coaches at Rutgers Stadium. So I, that would be a cool place to see him play. Ugh. Boom. You're welcome. Food trucks, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah there you go. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Peter, thank you so much. You're have so fun disgusting. tonight. Rutgers football is nauseating. And New York is trying to claim they have college football in their town. They do not. <laughs> Peter, thank you very much. Thank you for your help. Appreciate that. And can't wait to see the photos of you covered in marshmallow fluff. Uh, we still have a lot to do here. Uh, Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio, including we answer one big question before bowl season begins tomorrow. Don't move. That was the sound of Peter Schwartz doing updates for us this morning. He's got a big night ahead of him. Again, Marshmallow Fluff put all over him for a couple of Yankees tickets. I thought he could have gotten way more. So hopefully he takes my advice and negotiates a little harder. Get some more perks for what he's going to do. Welcome back to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Perloff has gone to jury duty, quote unquote. Um, so here's the thing. You look at the NFL this weekend, and I believe that the one person individually who is facing the most pressure in week 15 has got to be Mike Tomlin. And I don't believe that he necessarily will be fired if they have a bad season because that's not how the Steelers do things. But can you imagine losing three games in a row, back-to-back games with teams who have won only two games at home, you lose both of those games, then you go on the road and you lose to the Indianapolis Colts, a team that is right there in the playoff hunt along with you, and you lose three in a row. This is going to be sky is falling. And even if the Steelers have an excuse with Mitchell Trubisky starting at quarterback, I don't think that the fan base is going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I don't think that anyone is going to care. And listen, I say that I don't think Tom would get fired, but that's just because I've been conditioned by the Steelers to not expect these kind of coaching changes. That doesn't mean it won't happen. That just means a lot of us might be surprised if it does. And I don't think this organization, they don't have rabbit ears. They are very consistent. But I ask you, I mean, if there was ever a time for a coach to legitimately be on the hot seat, wouldn't this be it for Tomlin? His fault that he kept Matt Canada around as long as he did. His fault that Kenny Pickett hasn't developed. Now he's hurt, so we'll see what happens. I mean, at some point, doesn't the head coach have to answer for this kind of thing? So I believe that Mike Tomlin is feeling the most pressure of anyone this weekend. Let's get to our shot of the day. He shoots! Shot of the Day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. And I love Fridays because... That's Casamigos Day in my house, along with Saturday. Uh, today's shot of the day, we were talking about wearing singlets, wrestling singlets, uh, because that's our big show bet that's going to start off 2024. Me and EJ versus Perloff, who wears the singlet, depending on whether Michigan wins or loses against Bama. Well, we were asking who else needs to wear singlets, which led to our own Andrew Bogish just bursting through the door. 
Andrew Bogus just burst into the yeah. studio like yeah. the Kool-Aid man. Good morning. Hey, guys. Good morning. <laughs> where have you, you been the last two hours, by the way? <laughs> Fair question. And I just realized that I'm listening outside on like a 30-second delay, so I might be a little behind on this. But I just wanted to comment on people, Adi. Uh, I can confirm, already wears a singlet daily <laughs> under his clothes just in case. So this is not a bad thing or a loss for yeah. Bilotti. That's a commitment to the bit. He's just ready. It. But the reason in I case ask, anyone comes in, the ladder match breaks yeah. out, he's ready to go. <laughs> the wrestler that he'll look like, can we all say it? He's George the Animal Steel, basically. One thousand percent. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, who is ironically a professor in his side job or something. George, <laughs> and he like passed me. away. <laughs> yeah. He passed away. People Adi is basically he's gonna be eating turnbuckles before lock. <laughs> yes. Listen. You stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I think people has got the right idea. You never know when Vic, Vince McMahon's gonna walk through that door, when Tony Khan's gonna walk through that door and be like, uh, you. I need you in my next pay-per-view. I love that he has a singlet, like wrestlers have the money in the bank briefcase, like just ready to go no matter what. <laughs> it, it could be any time. Yeah. Yeah, to keep keep an eye out. Also, I'm looking at George the Animal Steel here uh, online. Crazy dude. Do we think Pete's that hairy? Not as hairy, but the, the, the baldness <laughs> and the shape, I think we're more in the line with. And that is our cue to giddy up on out of here. <laughs> Thank you to EJ Stewart. Thank you to Carlos Ortiz. Thank you to Andrew Bogish, yes, and Peter Schwartz and Andrew Kaplan. Weedos, coffee drinkers. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. We'll see you Monday.